You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. To make a positive change in the nation We're inviting you to partake in conversation To raise your vibration It's the day that we will all celebrate All of our peace that make the thing elevate Watch the negative fade away Cause it's the day with Trey Grand rising everyone Welcome to the day with Trey I'm your host Trey Holiday. We got a magnificent Monday in the works for y'all Really excited because of course uh, We got some great guests as always in the building And I've got the pleasure today Of speaking to Haru Chayez Amen uh, Another Mindfulness Monday So I'll make sure I call that out for y'all today He's going to be giving us some tips that we can use And how mindfulness creates a positive characteristic In the workplace Really excited to have him here And later on in the show we got Evan Cook coming in the building. Evan has been a huge community advocate in South King County, bringing his lived experience out to the community. So I'm excited that he's also here. But of course, it is the top of the show, y'all. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream. Please just go ahead and share this stream with folks who you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you can't watch our TV show, we still have you covered because you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. You'll find me on whichever one is your favorite. So go ahead and search there. Y'all will find us. Well, you know, these Mindfulness Monday segments have really been something. And I'm so grateful to have Haru Chayas in the building once again to talk about Mindfulness Monday. What's up, Seattle? Rose City. Big Boise. Spokane. C-Town. I see you every weekend on Back to Besa. And of course, I'm bringing you stories from all over over the PNW. You already know your girl's keeping it real everywhere I go. And of course, you can stream current episodes right now on the Fox Local app, available on your smart TV. Seattle Opera presents X, the life and times of Malcolm X. The story of one of the most misunderstood figures in U.S. history comes to McCall Hall for an exceptional night at the opera. Pulitzer Prize winning composer Anthony Davis produces an American classic with influences from classical music, jazz, pop, blues, and more. Don't miss X, the life and times of Malcolm X, February 24th through March 9th at McCall Hall. Details at seattleopera.org. What's up, Peru? How are you? Uh, I'm diviner and diviner every day, Trey. How are you? I'm great. It's great to be with you again. And we haven't really touched on this, but I think it's really important for the audience to hear around mindfulness in the workplace. Uh, you know, you offer some services. People maybe don't even know about that. Tell us more about how you're bringing mindfulness to the workplace. Oh, definitely. I offer some executive coaching and team coaching as well and guidance around mindfulness. Mindfulness in the workplace is really important um, to reduce stress, reduce um, presenteeism, right, um, absenteeism. Um, and, you know, people just generally having malaise with interactions at work. You know, team dynamics and things can be really impacted when we have folks that aren't, aren't mindful of each other, mindful of themselves, aren't really tapped into where they are right now in the, in the moment so they can bring their best authentic self to the, to the workplace and those interactions that are very conducive to getting things done in a healthy manner. Well, you know, this is important, too, because we've been discussing a lot of this kind of things that folks can be doing 
for their own journeys, right? right? But this is something that really brings all of that work to a collective. And I want to hear a little bit about that because in any workplace, even if it's remote, you're dealing with a team of folks and everyone kind of doing something collectively now elevates not only the understanding, but how uh, people are able to respond to all of the great outcomes of that work and of that mindfulness. Tell us a bit more about this, that collectiveness that you can bring to workplaces so that people understand those dynamics. Definitely. I mean, anybody can be a monk on a mountaintop, right? It's the proof is when you step into the workplace or step into real life and try to figure out how to bring that mindfulness there. Um, so what we do is we work with teams and, and, and groups of people to really understand exactly where they, they are. So we do an assessment around, hey, look, what are you experiencing in the workplace? Do you have access to, you know, health um, benefits and things like that, or have some some mindfulness activities that you're doing outside of the workplace that we can tap into to start bringing them in? So I do an assessment around that, and we report out around that assessment, really break that understanding down, and then we curate a class and in, in in a, in a group of workshops to talk through those things to really um, maximize your potential. We do active pra um, practices inside of the classroom to 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 bring out the best of you between the team. You know, we do group breathing exercises, group building exercises, group relaxation exercises, group visualization exercises. One of my favorite exercises is really to look at the person, right, when you're doing these, these breathing moments and taking time to visualize, right, seeing your team member, bringing them their best selves to work, knowing that they're authentic and that they have the best interests of the group together um, at, at heart. And then taking that back into the team dynamic and interacting with that person from that perspective. So now you know, okay, this person is not out to hurt me. They're not, you know, angry at me. They're not my enemy. They're my coworker. We're really moving towards a common goal together. So how can we benefit and find the win-win, which is important, right? I want to win the, the, the interaction, but I want my team member to win as well. And I want my team to win. So how do we work on that together? This works in the workplace. This works on the on the football field. This works on the basketball, you know, um, um, hardwood and things of that nature. It works in our in our families as well. You know, we have a lot of interesting dynamics that we have to deal with. But one of the biggest issues is that when we have conflict, is to start to really work on finding the win win. I want to help you. I don't want to hurt you, right? I want to heal you. You know what I mean? I don't want to cause you pain. Yeah. See, this right here is something that is definitely not talked about enough in terms of collaborative work environment, how to create that. I know um, people are now trying to figure out, OK, well, how do we create a place where everyone feels like they're valued, they're appreciated, right? Like their contribution is significant here. Um, and, and some of this is it kind of goes beyond seeing someone for what their role is, right? I think we all kind of do that in these workplace environments specifically. We see people's role and we're like, hey, we know that I come to you for X, Y, Z, right? Because you're the expert in that thing, whatever it is. But the idea that you can visualize for them to be there at their optimum best self in the workplace is something that's completely, I think, new for a lot of people to be thinking about and bringing in to their to their workplace. Also, too, uh, this leads to conflict resolution. You know, we have a lot of experts out there that, you know, are constantly being booked um, in their business because their consultation is really around conflict resolution 
and creating and establishing that great team environment. Um, how have you been able to kind of see some of this work in terms of coming in, utilizing these practices to address those specific needs? Oh, for sure. You know, this is Black History Month, right? So, you know, our ancestors built an entire civilization off of resolving conflict and having this understanding of oneness and mindfulness, really. So, you know, we go back to our ancestors. Our ancestors saw, you know, us as one. Right. We in America start seeing ourselves as individuals. I'm an individual. I'm I'm Heru. You're Trey. We don't know how to co communicate. I got my own set of goals and my own ideals and you have yours. But when we break it down and understand that we're one, we're one people, we're one energy. Right. We came from one source, that type of understanding. We can start working and operating together. Right. And we can build a common good. We look at our ancestors in Egypt. They built a, a, a civilization that lasted for about thirty five hundred years. Right. Without major conflict going on during that that thirty. 500 years of, of existence. Why can't we re replicate that in our family structure, in our workplaces? And so we do that by really tapping into that oneness. We are a member of the same collective good, right? And then we have the same collective goal. We want harmony. We want peace. We want success. And we want our, our work to really express our creativity, our genius, and, and, and the best of us. So if I can tap into that source, that oneness, and see myself as not your enemy, not opposed to you, but how I can support you, that starts the whole ball rolling, right? So when we really break down conflict resolution, we got to start with realizing that we're on the same, we're in this together. We're pulling the same direction, right? And you're not my enemy. I don't have one. I love this too, because I mean, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about the, the tremendous benefits when we go back to how, you know, civilizations were built and utilizing these principles and this pra these practices to establish a major civilizations. I mean, this is what we need in our communities now. And as we, it, you know, you mentioned Black History Month. I'm always thinking, okay, how are we contributing to this lineage that is Black history, right? And there is such a need right now in, in our communities uh, around the country, but even globally around bringing these kinds of understandings to a collective body in community to begin to uh, eliminate some of the negative things that we're seeing in our community. Yes, some of it is outside, but some of it is driven from the inside and allows us to uproot that. Um, what, you know, you, you've been doing Qigong classes, you've been offering opportunities for folks to tap in. Um, what are some of the things that you're excited about in 2024 as we think about, you know, how to bring this out to the community even more? So many opportunities. We're, we're doing Qigong inside of the schools still again. You know, we're in federal, federal way school district. We're teaching the young ones. We're stepping in now to teach the teachers as well. So now we can communicate on the same plane. Um, we're stepping into business places. I'm, I'm working with different business entities to really support this ideal inside of the workplace as well. We're doing Qigong in the workplace. I mean, you don't have to move to do Qigong, right? I could, like I said, I teach Qigong, but I don't teach it always standing up. You can sit down in your chair or even having mindfulness meetings. How do you breathe correctly before you go into the meeting to really reset your level? So we're doing a lot of that as well. Teaching a lot of workshops. We're working with black men um, around healing, you know, doing that. We're, we're, we're bringing in speakers from around the world to come in and teach this. So we're around in neighborhoods. We're in at Langston Hughes Center for Performing Arts. You know, we're down in Evergreen and Tacoma. We're going to be everywhere. So 
on my Instagram. That's where it's at. Like tap into the Instagram. You'll see what's coming. It's a lot. Well, there it is. You gave us a great segue for you to go ahead and make sure that people know exactly how to connect with you and all the great ways that you're bringing mindfulness out to the community and out to the public. Go ahead and let them know uh, right there how, how they connect. <laughs> uh, Instagram, Heru Nefer, H-E-R-U-N-E-F-E-R on Instagram. DM me there. We can schedule meetings, appointments. We can tap in and give you an assessment or analysis. They're free 15 minute conversations with me. We can do some Qigong. You'll find out where those that's coming. Our speakers are coming. So look for that. March is going to be mad lit. That's this one right here. Y'all, they done changed the, they studio. Changed the cameras up. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what it's, it's still this one. There, he was talking to y'all. I'm talking okay. to y'all. Well, thank you so much, Aru. Appreciate <laughs> you being here and always bringing us Mindfulness Monday. Appreciate you. I love it. I love this place. I love being here. Thank you for holding space. Peace and blessings to you. Remember, Zid Dudu Ren, heal yourself so you can help and heal others. There it is. Zid Dudu Ren, nice. Thank you. Uh, Y'all, what a great reminder we always get on these Mindfulness Mondays to take some of these practices in to our places of business, our families, our communities, our workspaces. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, if you are looking to bring some of this and you don't know and don't have the mechanism, just reach out to Haru. He said you can DM him on Instagram right there at Haru Nefer so that you can also bring this to the spaces that matter to you. Well, up next, we have another inspiring person coming on the show. Up next, we got Evan Cook, who is going to be sharing some of his work in community and how he's making an impact. Stay tuned right after this short break. You're watching The Daily Trey. What's up, Seattle, Rose City, Big Boise, Spokane, C-Town. I see you every weekend on Back to Besa. And of course, I'm bringing you stories from all over the PNW. You already know your girl's keeping it real everywhere I go. And of course, you can stream current episodes right now on the Fox Local app, available on your smart TV. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Excited to have Evan Cook in the building. What's up, Evan? What's up? How are you? I'm doing really good. Super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad that you are here. You know, we've been really trying to focus more on some folks in South King County. And you have been such a name that I hear all the time. I've seen you in community for years. We got connected way, way, way back mm -hmm. when. So it's so great to have you here and to talk a bit about some of the impact that you've been able to make uh, right out there in South King County. Tell us just in general about some of the things that you've been able to do out there, you know, federal way and beyond. Yes. Um, I've done a lot. Um, I would say, you know, I started out public speaking in Federal Way uh, whenever I left college and law enforcement and I moved back to this side of the state. And I started off doing that and I recognized like there's a huge need for mentors. And I wasn't really familiar with like the different mentors on the scene. And so I just kind of shifted my public speaking platform to being a mentor. And that kind of led me in the nonprofit work and working with uh, different nonprofits in Federal Way and throughout South King County. And that led me to even starting one or being one of the co-founders of the Federal Way Black Collective and um, my own company, Restoring Minds and coaching football. Like there's just so much that I that I do. <laughs> so Well, it starts to kind of all converged, so to speak, right? Yeah. Where, you know, um, I've heard about you as a mentor and like young black 
kids, boys, even in particular, being able to be like, okay, you know, Evan's doing something major with his life. Like I too can do that. Just that connection is always so key. Tell us about some of those key areas for you in terms of the ways that you've been able to impact the youth specifically. You know, I think the the main way is just being an example. I think um, that, you know, that's what made me want to shift in the first place was they needed somebody that they can look at and see that he's doing this thing. And what led me kind of to entrepreneurship was, you know, school districts and uh, different type of organizations or institutions. They didn't necessarily um, want to elevate me to leadership roles or to different things that um, where I could be a bigger example. And so I kind of just had to go and create that lane on my own um, and show them that you can do it despite differences, despite adversity, despite anything. And that's kind of the main thing I wanted to show those kids is there is somebody they can look up to that is human, that makes mistakes, <laughs> you know, that that isn't perfect, um, but still can relate to you, still can go be on a stage and in different rooms and talk to different people and then still come be able to talk to them in a manner in which they understand. Yeah. Well, uh, this is really special. And, and I think one of the things that stands out to me is, you know, um, after the protest movement, you know, there was this defund the police, you know, this whole campaign and communities were trying to figure out how to engage in community safety. And when I heard about some of the things that y'all were doing out there in terms of like going to these schools, breaking up fights, like being present, there was something so inspiring about that for me. And so, I mean, it, I just had to ask you about that because that's something that I think a lot of communities are still trying to understand. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we go about community safety? How do we engage with you know, the, the younger generation when they may look at us and be like, man, you don't know me. You don't know what I've been through or whatever. Um, and, and to really build that connection in that specific way when it comes to community safety. Well, I've always felt like it's not the what, it's the who. And it's who we have coming into these kids and speaking life into them. And I think if um, if people do it the traditional way where I'm talking at you and I'm and I'm trying to, hey, discipline you without building a rapport, are you going to get rebellion? And so I think like one thing that's been successful for me is like I've always been able to get with them at their level and bring them up to mine, not necessarily stoop to theirs, but bring them up to mine and say, like, we can have an understanding. We can have a conversation as I mean, if you're a young adult or an adult, we can have a conversation that's civil and we can tone it down and bring the energy down and we can be respectable to one another. And I think that approach has really helped me align with different youth um, throughout just life in general um, because they see me as as what they would call real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so important. And I have an 18 year old and he's been in the community and, uh, you know, in federal way growing up there. And it's it's always I think um, it matters so much to me when someone can come up to me and say, man, I saw your boy, like he mm -hmm. was super respectful. He did this or that, or, Hey, yo, I got to, you know, connect with him and man, you know, what a young man, there's something so great about pouring in, uh, to these kids and then being able to see, uh, those examples in community. So thank you for doing that body of work. Mm -hmm. It's so important, Bro. but also, you know, you're not only a community advocate and a, a for, you know, founder of a, a nonprofit, you are also an author. And so, so I want to talk a bit about your book and, you know, what made you say, I need to write this story now. I need to get this on paper. Tell us more. Well, um, what made me want to write this particular book, How My Soul Speaks, and just hold it up for five, um, was, you know, 
helping youth, actually, and going through some of the adversity that I faced. Um, there was a year, I mean, this book is about kind of how I found self-care for myself. Um, that was like a buzzword that I've heard and something I really wasn't familiar with or really good at um, because I only knew uh, a few ways to kind of deal with the pain and things that you, you know, the secondary trauma that you um, encounter dealing with youth. And so um, we had lost, I had lost countless numbers of youth and this, you know, I don't know, it's kind of hard to reflect on. I even lost a coworker, um, Andre Villard, rest in peace. And I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to deal. And so um, my workplace at the time, they said, take a break. <laughs> like you need to just get away. And so I was like, okay, but I'd already had this leadership conference scheduled. And so I went to this leadership conference and I picked up a notebook on my way in and it said, quiet the mind and the soul will speak. And I just felt like I needed that message right there. And so in that meeting, I just was writing poetry and that's kind of was all I was doing, just listening and writing and listening and writing. And that two day leadership conference turned into me writing in this journal for the next two years, three years. And then it was just sitting there and I hadn't added to it. So I was like, I think it's time to do something with it now. And so last year I was like, I think I want to publish it. And I had published a book before. And um, this time I wanted to self-publish. I wanted to see if I could get the project out on my own. Um, and so it's actually been a very um, a liberating experience, but at the same time traumatic too, because it's like reliving some of those moments and things that kind of, um, I don't know, cause the scars to open up. And, um, but it's, it's really positive, you know, it's really healthy because I'm able to, um, express myself and get that off my chest. Well, when you think about, uh, putting something down on paper, it starts with you, but when you publish it now, it extends to everyone. Tell us about what you want folks to get when they read this book right here, how my soul speaks, tell them like, what is it that they should be getting from this book? Well, you get a deep dive into my personal um, headspace, I would say. Um, but it's more so I want them to get inspiration to find their journey of self-care. Um, this is kind of how I think. I've always said to people, if you want to know me, just read my poetry. And so there's a lot of poetry in here that's like, you know, I would say controversial in some ears and um, but positive in others. And I just wanted them to get the real me to get an idea of who I am. It's, it's Poetry is like the best way I know how to express myself. And so I wanted to be able to do that through this book. And so in this, they get a, a deep dive into me and then some of the things that I've been through just doing what we call the work, <laughs> you know, and then working with kids and working with organizations and things like that. It's going to be challenging. Um, but the inspiration comes to like being able to find a way, being able to find a way through uh, darkness. This was about my dark time. So a lot of the poems here are dark. Um, they're very deep. They're very heartfelt. They're going to pull at your strings and um, might even cause you to cry a little bit. I cry when I read some of these poems still. And I wrote them like years ago. Um, but, you know, I, I want them to get an understanding of who I am um, as a person. Not everything hasn't always been great. And um, but on the other side of that darkness is a light. And I want people to see that there's a way to get to it. Yeah. You know, these personal kinds of uh, uh, tellings of our lives, this recounting of our own experiences is so key because people find their own liberation 
through yours. So I'm so appreciative that you decided to make this public for folks, that you decided to publish this so that we can all find our way, you know, through what you experienced, because there's so much likeness in what we deal with, you know, in society. Um, but, but sometimes people need that anchor to kind of get them out of it or to also show to them they're not the only ones dealing with it. Now, th this is something where all of these experiences kind of combine in you being a founder of Federal Way Black Collective. This has been uh, a group that I knew about years ago, just trying to get advocacy, community organizing really in Federal Way because I live there, but I do my advocacy work in Seattle because I'm from Seattle. And it I, I didn't actually feel the community vibe until I started tapping in with folks like yourself in Federal Way Black Collective. Tell us more about what y'all do. Well, uh, we started off just as community leaders um, going to city hall meetings and really hearing um, some of the things that the city council and that the mayor were trying to do. Um, and so we, in our own rights, we started kind of advocating for things and we just kind of saw each other in the room like, hey, hey, right. <laughs> you know, and so we got together and we sat down and we wanted to bring information to uh, the black community in federal way. We wanted to bring what they're talking about at the school board level, what they're talking about at the city council level, what they're talking about at the state level, how policies and how different um regulations and things that are coming down the pike affect us as a community and how that we can have a voice in that. And so we came together and we started a show called Thursday Thoughts. And uh, we ran that show, I mean, for about two years straight up until COVID um, kind of sidelined us and then we kind of took it virtual. But um, we ran that show and it was all about just educating our community. Um, coordinated efforts affect policy change. That was like our mission. That was kind of like our goal. And then from there, we... Um, we got community voice, right? We hosted community meetings, we got community voice, and they told us what they needed in community. And so from there, we ended up starting a 501c3, a nonprofit, and being able to start programming um, in community through working with um, child care, working with um, rental assistance, working with just different types of things that the community was struggling with um, and trying to provide a service. And so uh, we've kind of you know, shifted away from making and kicking up dust at the city hall meetings to now being able to work with families and youth and help them kind of deal with some of the more personal things that they're going through. Yeah, this is important, too, because you have to think about the folks that you're if you don't center what they need, if they're not a part of the design of your existence then you also end up, you can end up with a detached kind of nonprofit that's like, sounds great, but mm -hmm. nobody's really tapping into that or nobody needs it. I, for one, still think there's always room for folks to understand what's going on because um, especially in federal way where it feels like there's not enough information or insight that's happening when it comes to city council specifically mm -hmm. for federal way to really engage folks. And so I love that Y'all started there, but we're able to shift. Uh, you know, I got to give you time because you've told us about a lot. If folks are yeah. trying to tap in, if they want to buy the book, if they're like, whoa, I didn't know about Federal Way Black Collective, but I'm out there. I want to tap in with that. Um, look right here and let them know how yeah. they connect with you, Evan. Well, with the Federal Black Collective, go to our website, fwblackcollective.org. Um, you can connect with us there. There's... Um a sheet you can fill out on the website, whatever, and, and kind of shifts your needs. I sit on the boards. So I don't do like the direct work um, day to day, but um, that is that. Um, for my book, How My Soul Speaks, 
Um, you can go to my personal website, evancook.com. Just make the E of three. So it's threevancook.com. And uh, you'll go there. And the first thing that'll pop up is the book. And it's also uh, available in the form of an audio book. And so um, it's about $20. The audio book's $5. And I promise you, it's, it's well worth it. It's really well worth it. And while we're at it, I wanted to give this to you. Um, just for having me in space and having me on, I, I followed you. Like I said, we met years ago um, and I've, I've seen Converge Media. I've seen a lot of these shows and I just kind of love the, the platform that you provide people. I love the platform that you're providing me today. Um, I think this is really positive and healthy for our community and I just love to be a part of it and I love you for doing it. So thank you. And this is for you. Um, when you read it, try not to cry. <laughs> All right. Now you didn't gave you a preface, Evan, so I can't promise anything, but no. I appreciate you so much. And this is why this was such a special episode for me, because as I said in the beginning, we have known each other for some years now mm-hmm. and Every time when your name is brought up, it's nothing but positivity. And I'm sure you probably experience the same for me that just Mm -hmm. we're out here. We care. We love. We lead with our heart. You know, we care for the people that we're here to serve, which is our community. Mm -hmm. So, Evan, thank you for giving me this. And thank Thank you so much for coming on today. No problem. Absolutely. Y'all, I told you it's a magnificent Monday. And you know, I try not to disappoint y'all when I set you up. I'm going to wrap all this magnificence up right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Africatown Plaza is our latest affordable housing uh, development project. It's uh, 126 units of affordable housing over community commercial space. It's the first time in my career, and I've been doing this for 10 years, that I was able to design for people who look like me. Africatown Plaza is a beacon of hope. Africatown Plaza is a love letter to the community. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What a magnificent Monday that we just were able to cover here. I want to give my guests a huge shout out. It's always great to have Haru Chayez Amen in the building talking about Mindfulness Monday and some of the things that we can take into not only our workplaces, our families, our communities, but for ourselves when it comes to us, including mindfulness in our own approach to life and also elevating our understanding of how mindfulness can impact so many different areas of our lives. So I was so great, uh, grateful to him for being here and sharing with us how he's bringing that into workplace spaces right now and how specific it can be when you're thinking about a collaborative way to be mindful. So huge shout out to him. And of course, huge shout out to Evan Cook for being here, not only for his impact in community and in federal ways specifically, but also the love and care that he has for folks to be able to bring his own lived experience to fruition so that he's connecting with young folks, community members, being a part of these major efforts out there. So huge shout out to him. Now, y'all, you can guess it here. Of course, I'm inspired. I'm always inspired by the guests who are here on the day with Trey, but I'm definitely inspired by what they shared today. And I'm always going to encourage y'all to figure out how to be inspired through the stories that people share here on the day with Trey so that you too can find a way to be a part of the solution just as much as Haru or Evan has shown us today. Thanks so much for watching y'all. And for me until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Peace. Trey, we trade, we trade. Come on, it's the day. We trade the day. Since the day to gain inspiration. 
to make a positive change in the nation. We're inviting you to partake in conversation to raise your vibration. It's the day that we will all celebrate all of our peeps that make the thing elevate. Watch the negative fade away, cause it's the day Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.